Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Okay, part two in our series of healthy brain function. <clears throat> Why? Because this is vital. I mean, when you look at all the neurologic injuries and damages and illnesses going on today, there is definitely something damaging our brains. So we're going to talk today about neuroplasticity. I mean, literally how the body builds up its neuro, uh, your neurons. I mean, first we're going to talk about things that break it down, but also how to regenerate it. Now, um, I'd recommend you go into Extreme Health Academy. Now, I can give you two weeks for free. Just go to ExtremeHealthAcademy.com and type in Bergman14 for a 14-day free trial. Uh, the reason is Extreme Health Academy, there's people on there that have gone through all sorts of health issues. There are hundreds and hundreds of videos. Um, I mean, it's it's an amazing site. And also, I'm going to be speaking at California Jam, February 14th through 16th, and the code for that is Bergman20. So, I, you know... If you know Bergman, I guess you get a discount. <laughs> That's kind of cool. And we have a couple of more weeks, um, actually five more weeks before our Port of Ireland trip. That's November 14th through 17th. That's going to be an absolute blast. And we are going to talk about um, autonomic nervous system, gut-brain connection, and neuroplasticity. I mean, it's, it's all about brain stuff. And this is how to have a healthy brain for life. So let's look at this. The human brain, you're, you're talking 100 billion nerve cells. And each one is connected to 10,000 or so other cells. So you have 1,000 trillion connections in your brain. I mean, you've got 10,000 times more connections in your brain than there are stars in the Milky Way galaxy. And so neuroplasticity Brain plasticity refers to the remarkable property of cerebral neurons to change their structure and function in response to experience. That's right. You can regenerate it. Now, your brain weighs around 2 to 3 pounds. It burns 30% of the body's calories, 90% of the body's oxygen. It's constantly growing new connections. Um, in fact, movement is vital for brain function. You're going to see one of the exercises that we do to generate healthy brain tissue is for movement. So what can negatively affect the brain? Well, vaccines, okay, medications, toxic environmental, um, environmental toxins, uh, non-organic foods, GMO foods, nutritional deficiencies, and chronic stress. Now, it's, it's interesting. When you look at chronic stress, and this could be physical, chemical, emotional stress. All three stressors have the same effect on the body. It activates the autonomic nervous system. And this automatic nervous system has two parts. One part keeps you alive under stress. That's the sympathetics. The other part regenerates tissue. That's the parasympathetics. So the body could be in a stressed and protective state or growth and repair state. Now, under physical, chemical, or emotional stress, the fight-or-flight system kicks in. And this is also what our kids are going through now. I mean, you figure 72 doses of 17 different vaccines, okay, and they're all, <laughs> most of them are designed to trigger an inflammatory response. 
I mean, that that's absolutely insane. Uh, when you look at comprehensive physiology, I mean, this is a, a journal article from 2014. Further understanding the regulatory mechanisms linking the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system and immune system is critical for understanding the relationships between chronic disease development and immune system-associated autonomic nervous system function changes. And so what that means is that knowing that 54% of our kids have a chronic illness or injury, and you're talking a huge chunk of the adults, but I mean, when, when you hear that 54% of our kid populations have a chronic injury or illness that they will never recover from, that should be a wake up. So what happens is, um, let's look at how chronic stress causes the system to break down. Well, I mean, you figure the digestive system is going to have, under chronic stress, decreased nerve supply to it. Now, that's 80% of the immune system, and this is where neurotransmitters for the brain are produced. The reproductive system will be decreased. The endocrine system will be, be decreased. And then uh, organs will literally begin to break down from lack of nutrients and decreased blood flow. The adrenals become exhausted. And literally, finally, the autonomic nervous system will be um, active or um, break down uh, insulin producing aspects of the pancreas, the thyroid, ovaries, parathyroid, pineal, pituitary. And, and when I'm saying this stuff, think of it. So, is thyroid issues that so many people are having today really a thyroid issue or is it the response to stress? And everything, all these these um, chronic stressors affect the hypothalamus. And the hypothalamus literally is one part in the nervous system and one part in the endocrine system. So now let's look at vaccines. And we're not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I do have a really cool um, article uh, comparing vaccinated to unvaccinated. I know it's going to be really hard to see that, but Let's look at, at what Americans are. 95% of all kindergartens are fully vaccinated. One in six has learning disability. One in 10 is asthmatic. One in 28 has autism. Um, and I mean, literally, Americans are coerced and punished for declining the use of every government-recommended vaccine. And now think of this, when doctors cannot predict who'll be harmed by a vaccine and can't guarantee that those that have been vaccinated won't get infected or transmit an infection, the ethical principle informed consent becomes a civil and human and parental right that must be safeguarded in U.S. law. However, um, now non-medical vaccine exemptions it, it is... Um, it, it's being wiped out, even medical exemptions, according to um, California, are being wiped out. It will now be reviewed by a state agency. And that means that you have no personal choice, no informed consent. And right now, it's 72 doses of 17 different vaccines. But by 2030, you're talking the adult vaccine schedules. So all the adults got to roll up your sleeves for 13 different adult ones. And this is a product with no liability, forced compliance. I, there's, there's so many things wrong with that. It's, it's insane. Now, aluminum is a known neurotoxin. 
that's nerve poison, and it's directly linked to dementia, autism, and Parkinson's. And figure a fully vaccinated kid is exposed to 6,150 micrograms of aluminum, and that is huge. Now, the reason this is important is because blood-brain barriers figure the neurons in the brain function at a really delicate pH, and it, there's a barrier between the blood and the brain. Well, certain things can, can cross that barrier, and plus, that blood-brain barrier isn't fully formed until minimum age of seven to adolescence. Um, so you should definitely limit heavy metals, aluminum and Tylenol, which de depletes glutathione that protects the brain. And that just makes sense. So if we were to do the vaccines and we waited till the kid was seven years old, that would make more sense, okay? Only if you're looking at a population that's forced to have this medical procedure and they continue to get sicker. Now, adverse effects of aluminum, and I'm just talking about aluminum, not talking about the growth medium in the vaccines or anything else. It can alter DNA um, um, functions, gene expression interference, it can damage cell membranes, uh, in, it enhances excitotoxicity in the brain and increases brain inflammation. And this is why we see massive amounts of brain inflammation in these vaccine-damaged kids. And it also causes, uh, I mean, huge gut issues. Now, medications that can disrupt brain function, uh, benzodiazepines, uh, blood pressure medications, all blood pressure medications, uh, steroids, contraceptives, sedatives, opioids and painkillers, amphetamines, um, antidepressants. And amphetamines, you might say, well, no, um, we don't take those. Really, what about Ritalin, okay? Now, these medications, they have massive damage in the brain because they're gonna either um, block a receptor site on the cell or poison an enzyme. This is why treating your body with a chemical does not work out really well for the body. I mean, just take antibiotics, for instance. Okay, 70% of all antibiotic use is approved by the FDA to use in animal feed. Now, now antibiotics are really dangerous for a couple of reasons. One, it kills both beneficial and pathologic bacteria. So if you're eating an animal that has taken antibiotics, you're getting those antibiotics in your system. Now, yeasts are opportunistic organisms and will take over the gut. So you're taking an antibiotic that kills the bacteria. Well, you have an ecosystem in the gut, and the, the yeast will grow, and they have little hyphae on it or tendrils that poke holes in the lining of the intestinal wall, and that's called a leaky gut. Um, steroids, okay, glucocorticosteroid therapy. Now, this is used to treat asthma, allergic reactions, inflammation, autoimmune disorders, so prednisone, hydrocortisone, cortisone. Now, all of these act on the hippocampus, amygdala, and frontal lobes. And in fact, the American Journal of Psychiatry says that these steroids increase the risk of suicidal behavior and neuropsychiatric disorder. So does that mean that all those kids who have allergic reactions from um, 
you know, getting their body hypersensitized. I mean, they now have peanut-free days at ballparks. I mean, it, it's just, God, if people would wake up to the fact that our population is getting sicker and sicker. And, and here, here, here was an article um, this, this last year. Uh, the title of the article, Trust Issues Deepen Has Yet Another FDA Commissioner Joins the Pharmaceutical Industry. Nine of the ten of uh, the last FDA commissioners were hired after the, by the pharmaceutical industry. Now, it, it's interesting because they say it's not really a problem. But if you have a federal government agency approving um, uh, that's responsible for approving your product, and then afterwards you go to work for them, do you think that that might um, negatively affect your decision-making? And, (laughs) I mean, that's just, you know, standard. Um, there was a warning in September 18th from MedPage. Uh, Zantac generic is pulled from markets worldwide. Why? Because it has NDMA, which is considered to be a human carcinogen. Now, what's interesting is this is also in uh, blood pressure medications and um, beta blockers, angiotensin receptors. So this, the same chemical that can cause cancer in people is in a number of different drugs. And you might say, well, that's crazy. Yeah, well, look at the opioid crisis. I mean, when you see the utter failure of the medical system to deal with pain, and, and <laughs> they actually give a toxic substance like acetaminophen or non anti-inflammatories, which destroy joint cartilage. I mean, even if you look at acetaminophen, this depletes glutathione, and this is the main ingredient in Tylenol. It depletes glutathione, the one thing that protects the brain. Okay, and can you imagine a pediatrician saying, look, give the kid Tylenol after um, a vaccine? Uh, That's absolutely insane. Uh, Then we get um, cholesterol-lowering drugs that can that cause heart failure and hardening of the arteries. That's right. The drugs that are designed to protect your heart from lowering cholesterol cause heart failure and hardening of the arteries. I, I mean, when you look at this, the, this, um, this one article, uh, autonomic dysfunction is the motor of chronic critical illness. And they say regardless of the ideology, autonomic dysfunction is the core underlying of development and perpetuation of multi-organ failure. They're saying that, that when you're in a fight-or-flight state or a stress state, this causes your body to shut blood supply down to the gut and elevate blood sugar. The liver's going to start to break glycogen and down to glucose, and blood pressure goes up, and blood sugar and blood cholesterol go up, all in response to stress. So does that mean that physical, chemical, and emotional stress are the, the end result of chronic stress? Absolutely. I mean, when we look at the University of Alabama at Birmingham, uh, blood pressure medications lead to increased stroke. 
That's right. So when you are in a stress state, a stress state, and that's going to cause your blood pressure to be elevated. So this medical system that we have is so completely dysfunctional, they're going to give you a drug to lower it. Now, what are they using for their parameters? Um, you know, God knows. According to, according to Joint National Committee 8, um, it's supposed to be 159 over 90, or 150 over 90 if you're over 60. Um, but then the American College of Cardiology said it should be 130 over 80. Uh, Joint National Committee 6 said, or 7 said it should be 115 over 75. So what number are they using to measure you? Uh, have no idea. But just know that your blood pressure will increase under physical, chemical, or emotional stress. Your body is self-healing and self-regulating. Now, when you take a drug to lower your blood pressure, um, that does lower blood pressure, but your body required blood pressure higher. So all the arteries are going to constrict. And if your blood isn't healthy because of chronic stress, that constriction of the blood vessels to increase pressure can cause stroke. Um, this article goes on to state, if you're, you're in as much trouble by the time you're on three medications that achieve excellent control um, when you're hypertensive as if it was untreated. We want to raise the issue that despite great advances in pharmaceutical approach, relying on this approach is going to come at a dear price of people's lives. Mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. Could it be that we have this incredibly drugged population um, that, I, I figured the average person over 60 has taken 12 different prescriptions. Um, could uh, the FDA or Fraud and Deception Association be um, uh, have their decisions skewed because they're going to go work for the pharmaceutical industry? Don't know. Maybe. Okay, chronic pain changes brain structure. Now, this is when you're in pain, physical, chemical, or emotional pain, chronic pain of more than six months' duration can cause abnormal brain function, reduced cognitive function, abnormal prefrontal processing, in fact, chronic pain shrinks the gray matter of the brain like between 5 and 11%. And this is about 10, 20 years of aging. Now, the longer a person has chronic pain, and let me tell you, if you're taking drugs, you still are going to get the, the reaction to that pain, as crazy as it sounds. So just taking a drug to eliminate pain will still cause brain damage. I, again, we have a complete failure of the medical system. Now we have food integrity. This is another neurotoxin, uh, GMOs and glyphosates. And uh, Dr. Huber, who, brilliant guy, and I recommend you go to foodintegritynow.org. Quote, we've pretty much sacrificed an entire generation of children. The longer we go on, the more damage it's going to accumulate. Um, I mean, okay, again, we're talking about brain function. Glyphosates, okay, not only is it linked to cancer, okay, we know that there's a ton of, um, uh, ton of lawsuits on it, but depression, autism, Parkinson's, multiple sclerosis, Alzheimer's, neurotoxicity, okay, DNA damage, brain malformations, 
And now, yes, they do have glyphosates inside inside of vaccines. Uh, again, it's crazy. Now, let's look at, at the brain, okay? We have this brain at the back called the cerebellum. And then we have the frontal lobe on the front. And then, you know, we've got a bunch of other structures inside, brain stem. Um, but let's talk mainly about the frontal lobe. But the front, the cerebellum stimulates the frontal cortex. Now, the frontal, frontal lobe is involved in schizophrenia, Parkinson's, obsessive compulsive disorder, depression, anxiety, um, autism. Uh, Parkinson's, Tourette's, everything. What's wild is the cerebellum controls it. So this means movement can actually alter that frontal lobe. The cerebellum, it now, uh, it, let me read this article. Uh, the cerebellum plays a complex role in executive function, creativity, attention, planning, emotional regulation, and reward-seeking behavior. Wow. So is that why regular exercise or just movement, okay, increases angiogenesis, neurogenesis, synaptogenesis, and synthesis of neurotransmitters? So exercise, this means you have to move every day. And even if you're bound in a wheelchair, you can still work your arms. Okay, so, so there's always going to be something you can do. Now, exercise and brain plasticity. Um, moderate exercise can reverse normal brain shrinkage by 2%, effectively reversing age-related hippocampal degeneration by one to two years. Wow. So does that mean the more you work out, the smarter and better you're going to be? Absolutely. Um, exercise training increases the size of the hippocampus and improves memory. Aerobic exercise is effective in reversing hippocampal volume loss in late adulthood. So the more you exercise and the longer you exercise, and you just have to exercise daily, and, and that just makes sense. If you exercise daily, you're going to be okay. I know, I know it, seems, it seems like too simple, um, but it's true. Yeah. Now, now it's interesting because this one here. I'm pulling up this article. Um, moderate exercise can reverse normal brain shrinkage. Uh, they did a did a study, and the people in the control group um, saw an average of 1.4 percent decreased. And this is a group that didn't exercise, um, according to the the exercise, they can reverse or increase, decrease brain shrinkage by 2%, effectively reversing hippocampal degeneration. Uh, we've demonstrated that hippocampal volume loss in late adulthood is not inevitable and can be reversed with moderate intensity exercise. Uh, again, when we're talking about neuroplasticity, this is the key. Also, getting stimulation up to the brain, so walking barefoot on the grass or wet sand while swinging your arms symmetrically. This is going to stimulate that cerebellum and control the frontal lobe. And the more stimulation you have up into that brain, the better. 
Also, we recommend cross-crawl exercises. And these are exercises when you're swinging your legs. And if you could put a weight on, and uh, you know, if you're an average size, about 10 pounds per leg, because you want to open up the joint. By opening up the knee joint, you get more stimulation up to that brain. And so that dangling of the leg um, makes a huge difference. Now, if you dangle with a positive stop, so your toes are just touching like a, a wall or a trash can or a chair, um, while you're doing these cross-crawl exercises, tapping something with your toes gets more sensory input into the brain. And what's wild is, and we'll do this with a bunch of kids, and kids that um, you know are vaccine damaged, but their parents still don't know that they're vaccine damaged. The kid will have bowel disorders, anxiety, stress, depression, and um, you know sleep disturbances. And of course, they're fully vaccinated, and they typically had ear infections when they were a kid. And I'll have them sit on the edge of the exam bench and have them swing their legs. And I'll say, do it symmetrically, where one goes up and one goes down. And these kids will not be able to do it longer than a few seconds. And, and it shocks the heck out of, out of parents. And in fact, when you watch the kids walk, they walk with um, like toe walkers. And that's hugely important. Also, vitamin D. Vitamin D um, increases nerve growth. The combination of vitamin D and omega-3s can elevate concentrations of brain serotonin without negative side effects. That's like, really? Yeah, healthy fats like omega-3s, um, coconut oil, olive oil, grass-fed butter, uh, supports healthy skin, but it also regenerate, helps with the brain. So to avoid for healthy brain function, um, unhealthy meats, unhealthy fats like corn oil, canola oil, soy, artificial and processed sugars, and pasteurized and homogenized dairy. I, now, when you look at proper nutrition, omega-3 is the single most important nutrient for optimal brain function. But it's got to be um, anchovy, mackerel, sardine, small fish, so it's, it's um, a less, um, they, they have less toxins in the system. The more predatory fish, um, the, the more damage, okay, the, or the increased in, in toxins inside of the fish. Now, sleep. Sleep is hugely important. When you look at memory loss, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, depression, dementia, even multiple sclerosis, lack of sleep is implicated. Um, and drugs that can affect sleep all the, all the blood pressure drugs, beta blocker, ACE inhibitors, and diuretics, uh, antacids, appetite suppressant drugs, uh, ADD, ADH medications, cold medications, corticosteroids, analgesics, um, medications that use to induce sleep, antihistamines like Benadryl. Benadryl causes brain damage right away. Uh, Over-the-counter sleep medications and asthma drugs. It, it's like, wait a second. So you can reset your circadian rhythms, and you can reset it fairly quickly by doing the sleep-restrictive therapy. Get on our YouTube, check it out, because I've got like five videos on just sleep mastery.
but it's basically resetting your brain. You journal 15 minutes before bed. You read a book 15 minutes before bed. <clears throat> you put nightshades on because your eyes, when you complete a rapid eye movement cycle, which lasts around 90 minutes, your eyes open up. And there's a way to restrict your sleep so that your brain can start working correctly. And meditation, Harvard, Yale, and MIT, our data suggests that meditation practice can promote cortical plasticity in adults in areas important for cognitive and emotional processing as well as well-being. Um, I mean, it's, it's just brilliant. When you look at omega-3s, okay, um, May 1999, Archives of General um, Psychiatry, 64% of those who took 10 grams of fish oil a day for four months reported marked improvement of their anxiety, stress, and depression. And when you look at this, it's so simple. And you, if you're a, a vegan, get flax seeds, chia seeds, hemp seeds. Okay, you can do this. You can change your brain. There's a really cool book called Phospholipid Spec Disorders in Psychiatry and Neurology. Um, brilliant book, and it's it's actually a pretty good read. Now, this is uh, when you look at this, your brain can be breaking down, but it can build up. Reducing the physical, chemical, and emotional stressors, getting out, moving, walking, symmetrical activity will get appropriate stimulus to that brain. All medications can damage the brain, and toxic foods can damage the brain. It, it seems too simple, um, but life is simple. You're designed to live on this planet. You're built by God. This is Dr. John Bergman, your health advocate. God bless you. And I love you. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 